This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome to a uh, little live edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I've got Jason Caldwell and Philip Dukes on. It's been a very eventful Sunday for the second Sunday in a row now in terms of Auburn football recruiting. Um, you know, it is it's a lot different, but there's also you would probably expect this going into signing day a little bit. Um, before we get into all the different guys that were here, recapping, you know, yesterday there were some guys on just Saturday, um, the official visitors that all left, huge group of high schoolers, huge group of transfers. Um, just you know, Jason Dukes, how are you guys doing? Good. Uh, yeah, it's been been a whirlwind and got a whirlwind left to go, I guess, you know, 60 hours or so now and and we'll we'll have kind of have an idea of what the staff was able to do in a short short amount of time um right now you're looking um you know they've been able to to get some commitments get a little momentum going um we'll see what the transfer portal world holds for them obviously uh revolta fairweather already a a commitment there with with the guy that a a legit tight end weapon um in this offense you know right away if he gets to campus here in a couple of weeks but um no doing good just um kind of waiting to see how the how the dust settles on on this thing at least from the high school perspective here on wednesday still got a few weeks to go to see how how the roster will will look and how much different it'll look for this team um you know once i guess once the the last drop dead date for Auburn is january 18th so we have to go all the way to January 18th, so a month from today to really to find out, you know, kind of what this roster will look like going into spring practice. Yeah, uh, we'll just get right into it. We're going to start. Um, we'll go down the list of kind of the timeline that everything went. But before we get into that, the instant question in the chat um, from a couple of people is about quarterback, of course. Um, so to recap, initially it looked like it was going to be Grayson McCall officially visiting this weekend, the Coastal Carolina transfer. Uh, Friday afternoon, some issues pop up with academics with him, and there's some issue of credits transferring. Um, and, you know, a little bit before that, we kind of learned that Devin Leary, the NC State transfer, um, was going to transfer as well. By that night, there had been, you know, the issues with academics had reached a point where it didn't look like Auburn was even going to be able to take McCall, or, there, you know, it would, it would be delayed. You know, there was a lot going on there. Um, and so it ended up being just Devin Leary that was visiting. And so people want to know how that went. So that's a great way to start because we don't really know a whole lot because, you know, when he left, he declined interviews, which is fine. Um, a lot of transfers kind of do that after visits. They're, you know, they're in a whirlwind process where they have to figure things out. You know, usually a recruiting process takes like two years. You know, these guys build relationships over two years. Uh, with transfers, they have about maybe two weeks to do that sometimes. So Devin Leary had visited Kentucky earlier this week. Um, Kentucky had the crystal ball favorite. Um, he visits Auburn. It seems to have gone well. You know, we're digging to try and find some more intel in terms of how it actually went, uh, but we don't know really a whole lot from his end how it went. It seems to have gone well, at least from Auburn's end. That's what it felt like. Um, so that's kind of just the quick update on quarterbacks. I'm sure we'll get asked about that again. Um, you know, starting off the morning on Sunday morning, it started I think around – it started at about 8.55 a.m., I remember, because I was on the phone with Sylvester Smith at 8.52, um, and he said – I said, hey, just you know, give me a quick heads up before you're about to commit. And he says, yeah, I'm going to commit in three minutes. Yeah. Okay. 
Perfect. Well, you know, we had our stuff ready, but I needed to plug in some quotes. Uh, of course, my audio file corrupted, so I could only remember one quote to put in the story. But morning starts off with Sylvester Smith uh, officially completing the flip from Tennessee. Uh, four-star safety. I think he's number 222 overall in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Um, he visited Auburn yesterday unofficially, and you know, Auburn was the place he's kind of wanted to be all along. He gets the green light, decommits from Tennessee last night, flips to Auburn this morning. Jason, I'll start with you. Just kind of what's your take on him as a player and just kind of how he can fit in at Auburn? Yeah, you know, this is this is kind of like the safeties you see nowadays in college football. Um, you see a lot in the NFL, you know, really as well, too. This is not the, you know, Ronnie Lott, uh, you know, big physical linebacker-looking safety guys. That's, that's not who he is. He's more of the – and here's the player comparison. Will he ever be this guy? I don't know because he was really good. But Eddie Jackson is, is kind of who he reminds me of. You know, Eddie Jackson's a, a guy that was really athletic, played quarterback. He played a bunch of positions. You could have probably put in wide receiver. He'd done a pretty good job. Um, you know, not the biggest guy, but a guy that had really good awareness and, and good ball skills. And so um, that's kind of who he reminds me of when you when you watch him play. They had to play him out of position some because their quarterback, Cameron San, like Sandlin, transferred to Aniston, who's a South Carolina commitment as a tight end. So uh, he had to kind of switch roles a little bit this year. But uh, I, I like him and you know, it's you really can't ever have enough of these kind of guys because he's a guy that could probably play nickel, could play safety, could do some different things for you on defense. So I think it's a good pickup. And the thing about this kid, and, and Dees can back it up, we've talked about it, this kid wanted to be at Auburn. He's wanted to be at Auburn for a long time. Sometimes those guys are, are, are invaluable because of what they'll what they'll do, how much they'll lay it on the line, and I think that's the kind of guy you're getting right now. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely, Jason. Just to piggyback off what you're saying, uh, he's somebody who really wanted to be at Auburn. Um, he uh, trains with T.J. Heath, who uh, trains a lot of kids in Atlanta at uh, the Ball Hawk Factory. He has uh, C.J. Hurd. He also helps out with uh, Huncho Elite 7-on-7. Seven seven. And uh, early on in the process, uh, I think it may have been about April or May, <clears throat> they were asking about, you know, hey, when is Auburn going to make a move? And I think this is around the same time he committed to Tennessee. I think he committed to Tennessee in April or May, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, somebody who's really wanted to be at Auburn for a long time, um, really, really good hips. And, and for somebody, he's about, I think he's about 5'11", if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, slint, more of a slender, like he said, like an Eddie Jackson type build. Um, somebody that I see could play multiple positions. So what I do know about uh, Ron Roberts' new defensive coordinator coming out of uh, Baylor uh, if you ask somebody what he runs, they'll say 4-3, but it's really more so of like a 4-2-5 alignment and where that fifth guy is more so like a star. And sometimes he'll run it uh, where the fifth guy will be like a star and the sixth guy will be more of a corner. So having those guys who can really play, who, who give you multiplicity in the secondary is un- invaluable. And I think that's why you'll see Auburn take so many guys in the secondary in this in this cycle. Yeah, no, it's going to – and, you know, the way that Zach Ether just set this class up um, and the addition of Coach Crime, it feels like Auburn is positioned. You know, you already have J.C. Hart, you have Colton Hood. Now you have Sylvester Smith joining T. Love, Terrence Love back there at safety. So you have two corners, two safeties. You're still in it with some elite guys, and we'll talk about them a little later on in the show. But, you know, they've set up for a really strong DB class. Um, Jason talked about it a little bit earlier, but the second commitment of the day was Rivaldo Fairweather. He is the tight end transfer out of Florida International. I'm pulling up the rankings now in terms of transfers. He is the number 28 overall player in the 24-7 sports transfer rankings. I think he's the number three tight end. Um, so you're talking about you know, really a, a pretty elite tight end out of the transfer portal. Last year he had 28 receptions, 426 yards, three touchdowns. Kind of his breakout game was the last game of the year against Middle Tennessee State. Eight catches, 152 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, you know, talking to him on the phone when he first entered the portal, his first ever game at FIU was against Liberty. So he's been familiar with Hugh Freeze since he you know started playing college football. And he's still pretty new to college football or just to football in general, I should say. He was uh, mostly a basketball player growing up. And you know, we were told by one staffer he actually measured in with a 6'9 wingspan this weekend. Um, so he's huge, lengthy tight end. Really not going to have his hand in the dirt too much, maybe a little bit, but you're definitely looking at more of a more of an Evan Ingram copy, um, which is you know that, that's who Hugh Freeze coached, first round pick in the NFL, and now Hugh Freeze has another guy that he thinks you know could be similar to that play style wise. 
Yeah, no, I think he's a weapon when you look at them, um, especially the way the game's played today. Um, you can get a guy that's a mismatch, that's an athletic mismatch at that position. You look at the NFL, the, the best offenses in the league are, are teams that have those guys. When you when you look at them, even even a team like the 49ers, they're not a dynamic offensive quarterback, but they're pretty darn good because of having you know playmakers around there. And so I think you look at a guy like George Kittle, I mean, if you can be anything close to him and some of these guys in the league, that adds an extra dimension to an offense. And here's the thing about him. He's not small. Evan Ingram was a guy that was about 230 or so. Fairweather's a big kid. He's like 251. And so he's a big – he's bigger than I thought he was. Um, I thought he was probably going to be 225. That's what usually happens when these guys show up. He wasn't 225. He's a big kid, physical, long. Um, and you get that guy in in January, you get him to go through spring practice, I think he's going to be an instant weapon for this offense. That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's kind of – lacking weapons in terms of pass catchers right now you know auburn is hopeful it can get Ra Ra thomas maybe uh dante thornton as well out of the transfer portal um but you're lacking weapons there a little bit and you know picking up rivaldo fairweather is a big one uh the third commitment we're going to roll with the commitments and then we'll kind of go in order of you know how the kids left and how we had the stories put out today um but you know, the third one was steven johnson um the arkansas defensive tackle commit he flipped to auburn uh earlier today he had camped at Auburn back in the summer. Um, you know, he was hopeful he would get an offer. That never came. Um, so he ended up committing to Arkansas. Auburn visits him. Coaches visit him earlier this week, offer him. He ends up coming to campus uh, for an official visit on Friday, leaves Saturday afternoon. Um, he, he, you know, he declined interviews. He said, you know, we got to figure out some things. And you know, basically, he had to make some edits um, and make sure he had his commitment graphic ready to roll. Um, and he ends up flipping on... Sunday morning, Dukes, I'll go to you on this one. Just kind of, you know, the need on defensive line. I think you had six guys, including Dylan Brooks as your edge rusher. You had six total guys on the defensive line. Now Zeke Walker comes back and puts it at seven. Um, and you have Deron Reed and you have Wilkie did not as well, but you know, Steven Johnson probably going to be a nose tackle. Um, and you know, he's a guy at a position at the point where you just, uh, you, you just need some players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to me, I, I kind of see him more as a uh, three or four eye technique. <clears throat> as far as with his size, um, he can move. Um, he's not really a, a stick in the mud. He, he can move really strong, aggressive at the at the point of attack. If you watch Whitewater, uh, there's a linebacker uh, committed to uh, Miami uh, by the name of Popo Aguirre, who made a ton of tackles. But a lot of none of that happens without Steven Johnson up front. Uh, committed to Arkansas. I kind of got tipped off about how he was feeling yesterday um, when he didn't respond to any of, uh, I think, uh, Travis Williams is the new D- D.C. at a at uh, Arkansas. He's the only commit he didn't talk to. He said, uh, I, I think Auburn has a good shot at him. So uh, when that came about, I said, yeah, I think uh, I think I think Steve is going to end up being a, a, a tiger. Um, I think it's really important for Auburn to get as many bodies up front as possible. Because in the SEC, that's where the game is won, on the line of scrimmage. And the recruiting in the past has been um, – and I, I won't say lacking out. I'll just say that there's been a little bit to be desired. So I think getting as many guys who want to be at Auburn, who have size, who can compete in the SEC, and we've already proven that with the Arkansas offer, I think is really important. And uh, kudos to the staff for identifying that talent. Um. Jason, do you have anything you want to weigh in there? Or do you want to keep moving? Yeah, no, I, I'll say it's been lacking on the offensive line. and They've recruited well enough on defense. The problem was they lost a lot of those guys after Harson's first year. They lost a lot of pieces that would now be playing. When you think about the Lee Hunters of the world, um, J.J. Pegues of the world, uh, Romello Hyde, uh, those are guys that you would be counting on to have now worked their way into a starting role, and you would be buying – you'd be getting filler pieces right now. Now those guys aren't here. And now, Gus, going back to Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson, both offensive line recruiting has been dreadful out of the high school ranks. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And so you, you look at them, and they've already got four high school offensive line commitments. You know, trying to get JUCO. We'll talk about it here, JUCO. Um, you know, offensive lineman, um, and and good good timing here as we get a question about JUCO offensive tackles and portal offensive tackles. And uh, Christian, they've had. You know, now the number one and number two junior college offensive tackles on campus the last couple of weekends. 
Um, I, I feel like Auburn's in the hunt for both guys. Um, you get one of them and, you know, potentially a couple of transfer guys um, along this offensive line, then you, you set yourself up to potentially be in much better shape a year removed than you were even last year with all that experience coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to recap, Isaiah Jada, um, the rankings have shifted around a little bit, but I think Jada might be number two or number three now. I think one guy got added. Whatever it is, he's one of the top junior college offensive tackles. He officially visits last weekend. Decommits from South Carolina shortly afterward. He goes to Colorado this weekend, which I don't want to say there was concern, but it's like, okay, well, when there's you know, when Dion is involved, you just you just never know what's gonna happen. Um, but Auburn felt you know really good about him going into that visit. We'll see how things shake out over the next couple of days. And then the one you have on campus this weekend is Xavier Miller, uh, Too Tall Miller, um, as his nickname, and currently committed Ole Miss. Technically, he straight up told us, I'm going to decommit soon. Um, and either Monday or Tuesday, he's planning to announce his commitment to uh, Auburn or Mississippi State. He officially visited uh, Mississippi State last weekend, Auburn this weekend. Um, I would probably pick Auburn. You know, he's from the Mississippi area, I believe. I mean, that was kind of a big reason why he chose Ole Miss. But the biggest reason, and he will say it, is because of offensive line coach Jake Thornton, who is now at Auburn. Um, and so I think that kind of gives Auburn the upper hand here, along with the complete lack of offensive tackles and the ability to you know, potentially compete for starting time right away. So, Dukes, I'll ask you personally for me, I think I think Auburn gets at least one of those junior college guys. I would probably pick them to get both. I don't think Auburn strikes out on both, though. I think you for sure land one. Yeah, I think uh, you, you at least get one. I can't see them going 0 for 2. Um, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be, probably be Miller first. Um, Auburn had been recruiting him, had been in contact for a while now. Uh, they never really pulled the trigger now that uh, some things are shaking out. The new staff has, said, has identified. He's already, he already committed to uh, Thornton already. So I think uh, as far as what Auburn has to offer, in far as far as playing time goes, as well as the ability to be at a, a team where you can win a national championship, which it goes a long way with a lot of recruits, I think that uh, it's it's a great situation for him. And uh, there, there, I think that Hugh Freeze and staff understand the importance of where Auburn is on the offensive line, and in order to compete where they need to be. And I think that's why you'll see at least one or two junior college guys, in, a, in addition to some transfer portal guys on the, along the offensive line. Yeah, speaking of transfer portal guys, Jason, I'll ask you, um, I'm not even going to really intro him too much, Stanford offensive tackle Walter Rouse, I believe it's pronounced, yes. enters the transfer portal Friday, yeah. um, quickly is invited to come visit Auburn, and quickly accepts, is on a plane Saturday afternoon, and he leaves Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, uh, about a 72-hour window for him to to leave California, come by and check out Auburn. Uh, obviously, his home is in the D.C. area, um, right there in Maryland. And so, um, yeah, it was a, a very quick process when you look at this one. But and he's an impressive he's an impressive guy, impressive uh, academically. Obviously, being at Stanford, but you look at him athletically. This guy started 39 games. And that was with the Pac-12 having a limited schedule one of those years, too. I mean, he's he's been a four-year starter. And you, you just cannot put a finger on that experience. But also you look at a guy that you look at him, and if you looked at him from 50 yards away, you would think he was a tight end because he just looks like a, a – he's not fat at all, but he's a big kid. He weighs 318 pounds. That's what he was listed at. He was listed at 6'6", 318 by Stanford. And he's every bit of that. Um but you look at this one now, and I mean Auburn. You know they got first the first shot. Now he's he's going to have a ton of interest. I, by the time this thing's done, he may have opportunities to go a bunch of places. Here's the here's the thing for Auburn. The 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 schedule now for Auburn is 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 vitally important because there's now no visits until January the fourth, and there's only a window from the January the fourth to January the eighth for these Porter guys to visit again if they're going to make a decision and, and get on campus, you know, before the spring. Auburn's classes start January the 11th and drop dead dates January 18th. So you think about a guy like that, yeah, you might be able to take a few visits, but you might get two in maybe. Um, it's going to be hard to do that. Um, you know, there might be some places you might not even need to visit. Maybe it's a, a coach or, or, you know, some of those things. But, you know, his his former offensive line coach now in the NFL, 
And so there's, it's not like you have to worry about a guy that had coached him being somewhere else. I mean, you, you think about it, Auburn has, I think has an upper hand right now for him based on the fact that they got a visit when nobody else did. Um, and, and especially knowing these guys know how important it is to go through spring practice. I mean, Auburn has a new offensive system and new head coach, new coordinators, and basically an entirely new offensive line with a new offensive line coach. Getting in for spring practice is is a huge leg up for whoever does it. And if you want to be that guy, um, you got to make that decision. So he's an impressive guy. And, man, they've, they've had, they had some really impressive offensive linemen on campus this weekend. Yeah, uh, there's some questions in the chat. We'll get to all of those kind of at the end that we don't cover. We'll rapid fire those a little bit. Uh, but the other guy Jason is talking about is Dylan Wade. Uh, yes, Dylan Wade. There was Dylan Johnson as well, and we'll get to him in a second. But um, Dylan Wade, the Tulsa offensive tackle transfer, number two offensive tackle in the transfer portal rankings right now, number 23 overall player. Um, obviously, leaving Tulsa, where his former head coach, Philip Montgomery, was. He is Auburn's offensive coordinator now. You know, as soon as he enters the portal, Auburn offers him. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a pretty, you know, that's a good connection there. Maybe Auburn's got an upper hand. And then all of a sudden it was boom, 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 boom. Every school in the country, Ohio State, USC, everyone was offering him. I was like, okay, well, can Auburn, you know, can they compete with these schools for this this kid? And he's on campus this weekend for an official visit. He says, look, it's it's pretty much down to Auburn and USC. Um, those are kind of the main two right now. I'd like to have a decision the next week and a half. Um, if I was picking right now, I would probably pick Auburn to win that battle. I think there's some confidence at Auburn. I really liked what I heard from Dylan Wade after the visit. Um, I think I think Auburn's in a good spot for him. That'd be another offensive tackle who had, uh, you know, he started, he played, I think he played five games in 2021, started every game at tackle this year. Um, maybe a little bit smaller. He's 6'4", 290, I think is what he's listed at. Um, so he's a little bit of that kind of tweener body um, between a tackle and a guard. But Auburn likes him at tackle, um, and so you know he was a he was a pretty big visitor as well. Uh, we'll pivot down to Braden Marshall, uh, moving to the defensive side. Uh, UCF cornerback commit Braden Marshall. We'll touch on him real quick. Dukes, um, and he said it's Auburn and UCF 50-50 right now. He'll have a decision, final decision here within probably the next twenty four hours. So we could get something tomorrow. Um, look, if a kid is committed somewhere else and he's making a final decision and a, kind of an announcement that probably bodes well for Auburn What also bodes well for him is he's very familiar with coach crime. He's also very familiar with Auburn. It was his dream school growing up. His whole dad's side of the family went there. So Duke's just kind of, what's your take on Braden Marshall? And do you think Auburn gets him in the fold here within the next day or two? <clears throat> I think it's going to be close. Um, I think uh, Gus Malzahn hiring uh, Addison Williams as the defensive coordinator at UCF is going to uh, have an impact. Uh, Marshall was recruited uh, heavily by uh, Williams, who is a, a rising star in a, a, among the, amongst the ranks, especially in a secondary. He was going to have a lot of opportunity, uh, so he got a defensive coordinator job. A great recruiter from the Atlanta area. Uh, the family really likes him, uh, but his family also. If you, if you go look in uh, it from from what I hear, if you look inside of Braden, um, if you look inside of his room, there's Auburn. If you look, if you look at their Christmas tree, it's blue and orange ornaments. So I think those type of things, those are the type of things that are kind of hard to to replace, especially when you're getting the attention that, you know, uh, for a long time Auburn wasn't given. So with uh, Coach Crime understanding how much he did like Auburn and like oh, now I'm at Auburn. So you know I I, I do think Auburn has a, a really good shot to land him. Will it happen? I don't know. Um, Addison Williams, it, it would be the if if it would if he does not come to Auburn, it'll be probably 85% because of Addison Williams. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Jason, Addison Williams, former Auburn GA, correct me if I'm wrong there? Okay. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yep, he was GA uh, just a few years ago, but really impressive guy. Um, guy I remember he, he came from the Atlanta area as a player, um, college football guy, and so he's uh, he's been a quick rise up the ranks. Not a surprise there. Yeah. Uh, I actually forgot one transfer offensive lineman. Don't know how I forgot him. He's kind of hard to forget. Ben Scott, uh, he started several years at Arizona State, started right tackle for a while. He's pretty big. He's like 6'6", 310, moves over to center, or 6'5", 310, something like that. Moves over to center this past year. That's where Auburn likes him. Um, he had visited Nebraska. He had visited UCLA. He likes Miami and Florida State as well. But I think 
talking to him and talking to some people around Auburn, it feels like Auburn's in a pretty good spot to land him, which would be, I think it'd be a big pickup at center. You know, you can't just ride with Tate Johnson. Um, you need to recruit above your guys. You need to get guys for competition. Probably need someone with a little bit more experience there. And, you know, you pick up Connor Liu and Braden Joyner as freshmen, but you need, you need a more veteran presence there at center. And it feels like Auburn is probably the team to beat for Ben Scott. I don't really even feel like I'm going out on a limb saying that. Yeah, and I'm going to give people my comparison for him, Austin Golson. That's 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 what I think about when I when I see him, when I think about him playing. Austin Golson was a guy that played tackle, played tackle at Ole Miss, came back to Auburn and wound up being a center. That's what this reminds me of is a guy that could easily, if you go, hey, we need a pinch, in a pinch, we need you to play right tackle. You could jump out there and do it in a heartbeat. But to make you better as an offensive line, if you could put him in the middle at 6'5", 315 pounds or whatever he is, then you're talking about a game changer. I think about uh, Ethan Poche, a guy that played at LSU. I remember Auburn recruited him. And I think, man, that guy's going to be too big. He's too tall to play center. He's still playing in the NFL to this day. Uh, and so uh, I think, it, you know, when you start talking about the pieces, the potential pieces putting together this offensive line, the pieces right now are, are are there. If you can put them in place, especially to put them in place before before spring practice, then, man, you have changed the game in a hurry on the offensive side of the ball for this team. Yeah, he's a fun one. Originally from Honolulu, Hawaii, um, went to Arizona State, had never been to the south before this weekend. And he's like, look, I kind of like it down here. This could, this could be the spot for me. Um, two other transfer visits that we need to cover real quick. Uh, for context, we did not see Ra Ra Thomas leave. We know he was here, but didn't catch him, didn't catch Devin Leary. Uh, the Arizona transfer, Deion Wilson, we did not catch him as well. Uh, but we did talk with Mississippi State running back transfer Dylan Johnson. He was the star of the show today, uh, in all honesty. In terms of interviews, he was he was one of the most personable kids that I've ever been around. Um, he was just incredible to talk with. That's a kid that doesn't matter if he's at Auburn. He was looking at Louisville, uh, South Carolina, Washington. I'm going to root for that kid no matter where he goes because he was incredible to talk to. I think he'd be a really fun uh, piece to the running back room to pair with Jarquez Hunter. You know, He obviously didn't run the ball a whole lot um, in that air raid offense at Mississippi State. When he did run, he was pretty effective, but he was a very effective pass catcher. So you would get two guys that run really hard. Both, I think, catch the ball really well. So I, I think – I think Auburn is in a good spot with Dylan Johnson. Um, I think we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how things go. I don't think he's going to announce anything until later on, probably early January, but he visits and it's really good. And then Jason, you talked with Elijah McAllister, uh, the Vandy defensive end, maybe defensive. I, I don't know where he fits in exactly. Probably defensive end transfer. Um, just kind of how did that go? Yeah, he, he would end up being a, you know, it's going to be a different name because it's a little bit different scheme under Ron Roberts. Um, it was an edge linebacker in Auburn's previous scheme. This is going to be closer to what Alabama and Georgia do in terms of scheme, and it's going to be it's going to be the, called that Jack linebacker. You, you shared the Jack linebacker for years. That is the the enforcer of that defense. That's the guy that comes off the edge, um, makes those plays. Will Anderson has been doing kind of that role. So you think about Elijah McAllister. You think about a you know, 6'6", 260-pound guy that he looks like a power forward is what he looks like. And so you think about kind of having having those pieces in place. This You know, for people that think about this scheme a little bit, it's going to be kind of a 3-3-5 three, three, a little bit. But it's going to be three bigger bodies up front and almost two interchangeable outside linebackers and kind of a true middle linebacker. So, I mean, you got some different ways to approach it. You know, how he fits would, would be interesting to see, but he's – I mean, right now you're looking, Dylan Brooks is the only guy that you feel like has the mold of that position that's on this roster right now. Maybe maybe Cam Riley could get to 245 and become that guy potentially. Uh, the problem is you're going to be playing more linebackers now than you played before. And so you start to, to eliminate some of the depth that you got. But, um, you know, Elijah McAllister, Jersey kid, um, but really impressive. Um, you know, talked to him today and he's like, hey, I go – I go volunteer at Children's Hospital at, at Vanderbilt, um, talking about his academics, some of those things, team captain. And they're like, you know, when, when you talk to people that have, have been around him and they're like, this is a guy that you want on your roster. He is a locker room guy. He's a team guy. 
this is a guy that, that can establish things what you want. So I think Auburn absolutely wants this guy really bad because of the things he brings as much off the field as he does on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, um, well, people want to know about Ra Ra Thomas. Um, like I said, didn't catch him. I think it's, I think it's fair, and we would all probably agree with this. It feels like Auburn and Georgia with Ole Miss there as well. But I, I think it's Auburn Georgia, and I think there's confidence at, at both camps. Yeah, you know, I'm just kind of trying to get some information from that one on the backside, on the back end a little bit. Hadn't talked much to to those guys. Um, you know, Ra Ra's a guy that I watched in high school. Uh, you follow. Um, Jarrell Jernigan was his position coach. Jarrell's a guy that I covered in high school before he went to Troy and then played in the NFL for a long time with the Giants. And so um, I think Auburn is absolutely in the picture. Uh, I think he, he he likes Hugh Freeze, and he knows his history. You look at Hugh Freeze's history at wide receiver. It, it, it's producing guys that have gone to the NFL. That's a big deal. Um, and so, I, you know, would you go across? I mean, I think he'd go across to, to Ole Miss – I think it'd be more difficult for him and Dylan Johnson to go across to Ole Miss than it would. You kind of get, even though you're in the same division, it's not quite like going to your rival if you go from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. And so in Georgia, you know, that'd be tough. Um, but they've recruited really well, especially their young guys at that wide receiver position. If you're Ra Ra Thomas right now, you look at Auburn's wide receiver group and you go, I got a chance to be number one for a group potentially that, you know, could be adding a Devin Lear. But heck, I mean, Robbie Ashford, whoever wins this job, you got to feel like, especially if you start to put some of these offensive line pieces together with the running back group, you bring Dylan Johnson in. All of a sudden, you look at this offense with 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 pretty stacked backfield with Damari Austin back there too, um, some pieces in place. Um, so yeah, I think Robert is is absolutely in it with Rara right now. Yeah, uh, let's go back to yesterday, and I want to get both of you guys' take on this one. Uh, There's a lot of questions. The Carver duo, uh, five star defensive tackle James Smith does visit yesterday. Quay Russo does not visit. I think he's pretty burned out on the recruiting process just in general. He's taken a ton of visits. Uh, it's pretty much down to Auburn and Alabama, and he's been to those places so many times. He doesn't need to be – doesn't really need to be back there. He knows he knows everything. Um, he's talked to all the coaches. He's met the new staff, had in-home visits with them. Um, Dukes, I want to get your take first. Just kind of do you feel like Auburn – I would think Auburn has a chance. I would still call them a dark horse. If you're doing percentages, maybe like a 70-30, 60-40, somewhere in there leaning Alabama. Um, but I want to get your take, and then we'll get Jason, because Jason talked with James yesterday. <clears throat> um, I think James coming to see it again was important. Uh, he could have easily just said no. Uh, they've been – going everywhere together. I think – I'm not sure if this may have been the first one all year where both of them weren't there. So I think for Quay took one in the spring to Auburn without James, and now James took one here at the very end to Auburn without Quay. But that that's it. Everything else has been together. You're right. Right. So um, for James to come up and see it, and from what I hear, he had a, a good time, uh, likes Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze made a, a heck of an impression when he went to Montgomery last week. So um, ever since – the first stop that they made was Madhouse. It was, hey, we those are two must-have guys in the class. Even if you don't get them, I think that Hugh Freeze's dedication and commitment to owning the state of Alabama is showing already. Like somebody, you gotta have you you gotta win at home. And so, uh, if you don't get them, yeah, I, I would agree to say it's about seventy thirty, in my opinion. 
but I think that before Hugh Freeze got here, it might have been 90-10 about a week ago. Like, it, I mean, I would have – you've even started to see predictions start to roll in for Alabama. So, um, I think Hugh Freeze is giving them something to think about. And I think that – I mean, you never know, man. You never know. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, James had a really good quote yesterday. And, Jason, I want you to touch on that one. Yeah, um, there are a couple things. One, one of them was he talked about this this – this made him think a little more and, and um, made a little harder is what he said, I think is, is quite what he said. And then the other thing was, is that the back end, he said it uh, kind of realizing that the things that I thought were important aren't quite as important as I thought they were. I, that's up to interpretation. Anybody can, can think that, but here's what I think. I, I think Auburn has done everything they can to put themselves in position for both these guys. Will it be enough? I don't know. Um, I, I I do get the feeling, and, and here's the thing. I, here, I, I mean, and Christian can tell you we, I've been we've been around these kids a bunch. Been around these guys a bunch over the past two or three years. I gotten to know them pretty well, and and James Smith is a guy that's really personable. And and I told we told people before the weekend that we talked to folks over there that said, look, if Auburn wasn't in it, these kids would let them know. These guys aren't playing games. Auburn is in it. Um, will they will they win out in the end? I don't know. I, I, I'm like you guys. I probably would would put Auburn at a you know thirty percent. Uh, I, I don't. I mean Georgia could still be in it. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. It feels like more Alabama, but but I think Auburn is in it. And and I, and hey, would I be would I be surprised? If we woke up Wednesday morning and Auburn got one of these guys or maybe both, yeah, I'd probably be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and that's where I'm at right now. And so um, they've given themselves a fighting shot. They've given themselves – you think about before this thing started, if you said, hey, you're giving yourself a fighting shot with James Smith, Quay Russo, and Tony Mitchell in the state of Alabama. You said, okay, that's that's a pretty good deal to take over just a few, you know, a few weeks ago from where they were and go – are you giving yourselves a pretty good shot at those guys? But I think that's where they are. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the main group. Uh, Eric Singleton Jr. also visited on Saturday, unofficial visit, uh, Western Kentucky wide receiver commit, but Auburn offered him, Texas A&M offered him. He said Oklahoma is showing interest. Utah offered him. He's probably going to wait to sign until February, so we'll kind of keep him in the back of our mind, focus on Wednesday, and then come Thursday we can start thinking about him a little bit more again. We'll kind of rapid fire just a few questions and some other names. We'll probably do another show maybe Tuesday or something like that before signing day, and then we'll have something on signing day as well. Here's one. Thoughts on Amari Kite from Alabama, uh, transfer offensive tackle. Visited uh, last week, I want to say maybe Thursday or something like that. But he visited. I think that's another guy Auburn's interested in at tackle. Um, maybe could yeah. hop on hop on the, hop on the board Wednesday here. Yeah, I mean, they already has a shot there. I mean, this is a kid from Thompson. Um, you know, Maryland's in the mix. Uh, obviously, Mike Loxley's a guy that, you know, he's got a former teammate up there. Uh, and, and, you know, Tua's little brother, Talia, um, is, is there. So so there's a connection to Maryland. But being close to home at Auburn, opportunity. I mean, sooner or later, we talked about it before, but sooner or later, just the opportunity alone is, is going to win Auburn some battles somewhere on the offensive line. Because you can't beat it, can't have more opportunity than you do right now on Auburn's offensive line. It's impossible, and so I, I think you look and whether it's you know you, you think about Amari Kite, um, Stanford offensive tackle, a um, couple of junior college guys, Tulsa, Auburn's just got to they just got to get three or four of those guys, and and I think I think they have a shot at Amari Kite though. I really do. Yeah, uh, let's run through a couple names real quick. We'll just go rapid fire. Do you think Auburn gets them? Do you think they go elsewhere, or do you are you still kind of undecided? Uh, we'll start with let's start with Tony Mitchell, the Alabama commit, uh, the safety. Uh, Dukes, I'm putting you on the spot. You can go first. Where do you think he ends up? Um, I think I think he ends up at Bama. Okay, Jason, what would be your pick? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably still go with Alabama, but I, I, I've got to. I mean, again, I think it's just the same thing. I hate to. to kind of beat around the bush, but I think Auburn is absolutely in the picture there, but I would still probably lean towards Alabama here because he's kind of stuck with them, you know, through it all. Yeah, I would say 51-49 Alabama. Um, you favor the team that he's committed to, but I think Zach Etheridge has made a very big push there, <clears throat> um, and I think Auburn is definitely in it. 
Uh, let's go Kay and Lee, the Ohio State cornerback commit. Officially visits two weekends ago or so. Um, picks up some serious Auburn buzz. Um, I don't want to say it dies down, but it quiets down maybe a little bit. Um, and, you know, Auburn's, Auburn's still working that one pretty hard. Dukes. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm deferring to Dukes on this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go Auburn. Uh, maybe maybe 51-49 like you just okay. said. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Ohio State. Um, but from what I'm hearing, the buzz in Atlanta is – is, is Auburn. Yeah. I, Jason, I'm going to defer to Dukes. He's yeah. He's I, I, same his thing. This is one that feels like the, the longer it goes on, the less shot Auburn has. It almost feels like this is one because we've been, we've been thinking this one for a while and it just hasn't happened. You feel like if, if it was going to happen for Auburn, it, it probably would have already done it, but Hey, I've been wrong many times before and I'll be wrong many times. after. <laughs> Uh, let's stick in the secondary. Tyler Scott, three-star cornerback. I believe he's planning to sign Wednesday. I don't think he's going to announce it until January 7th, though, when he plays in the uh, All-Star game. I think it's the Under Armour All-Star game. Um, uh, he was a former Arkansas State commit. Now it's basically every school in the country wanted him. But it really comes down to Auburn, Alabama, USC. He visits Texas this weekend as well, and I think Tennessee is in there. But it's really kind of Auburn, Alabama, USC, I would say. Uh, Dukes, what's your pick here? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I would probably. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've I've tried to get information from his trainer. I talked to Coach Hood. I talked to a lot of people, and uh, they said he had a really good time. At, from what I I heard, he had a really really good time in Texas this weekend. Like <laughs> really really good. So may have been one of his better visits. So. It's, it's hard for me to say. Uh, before this weekend, I probably would have said uh, it was Auburn, Alabama. But I, I heard Texas really made an impact this weekend. So it's, 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 it's going. I think we'll have to wait to the game. Yeah, there. It's if maybe too close to call. It just right. kind of feels like there's so many moving parts here. Jason, what would be your take on it? Yeah, I, I, this is another one. I, I, for me, it feels like that Auburn um, has so many needs in so many other spots that sooner or later you feel like the second day group. You go, okay. We might have to pass and start moving on. So man, he might get in a boat early enough and, and he might secure a spot, but feels like maybe some other guys a little bit more at this point. Yeah. Another secondary guy, CJ Johnson, uh, safety out of Texas. One of coach crimes guys. Uh, Auburn is one of the main teams really in it. We don't really know a whole lot of other teams that are in it, which would kind of seemingly indicate if he has a spot at Auburn, Auburn would probably be the spot for him. Jason, we'll go with you first on this one. Yeah, you know, the, the safety position is a little different because they, they, they got a lot more – well, I won't say a lot more. They got more options at corner than they do at safety. I mean, you, you look last year, just, you know, Jalen Simpson ended up playing safety and was playing it really well at the end of the year. Don't have as many true guys back there. And you do get Sylvester Smith. Um, you know, kind of how does it shake out between between C.J. Johnson and, and, and Terrence Love? Kind of, you know, it almost feels like, again – maybe first guy in the boat there. I just don't know how many spots you're going to have. So um, I'm kind of going to just kind of ride the fence a little bit and say, I think they're going to get one of those two guys. I'm just not really sure which one it is and how it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, probably agree. Um, I could see them taking both uh, just based on uh, the defense and, and the need for safeties. Um, If, if uh, CJ Johnson were to commit, before signing day, then that would probably put him second at, because Terrence Love has been committed the whole time. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if Auburn takes both. Jason, in your opinion, do you, do you think they would take both? Yeah, see, that's what I don't know. I just don't know how the numbers game works. I mean, you know, right. you know I'm sure I'm sure they've they've worked this thing out and, and figured out how how it's going to work from a number standpoint, what they're looking for in a secondary Um you know, and how they want to work work this thing on the offensive line, defensive line, those kind of things. Because right now, you probably got I don't know thirty five spots or so um, somewhere around in there that you're going to have room for at least in the mid in the low thirties. Um, you know, here's here's the question: you if you're Auburn, do, do you you know with another wave of transfer guys coming, probably after the bowl games, and then we know another wave's probably coming after spring practice. How many do you hold on to just to see? You know, let's maybe fill some holes or, or fill a need area. 
because you, you these guys don't know what they have either uh, until they go through spring practice. So that's the thing. It's just you know the numbers game, and, and they're the only ones that can probably answer it right now. And I'm not sure that I'd want to tip my hand if I was them anyway. Yeah, I think the one thing you would have to ask too is uh, Terrence Love listed at six two, six three, two hundred, something like that. C.J. Johnson about the same. You know, there's been the idea and the thought, at least even since Terrence Love committed, that maybe he's more of a linebacker. Maybe you could see the same for C.J. Johnson. So maybe you take one of those guys with the idea of moving them to linebacker. I don't know that. That's just a guess. I'm just throwing that idea out there. If they think both of these guys are worth it, it we'll just kind of see. We you know, It's kind of figuring stuff out right now. We'll do two more quick questions. Um, someone wants to know about Keldrick Falk. Obviously, that one was a big one that, did end up getting out there on Sunday. Um, he visited Florida State and then on his way back home, visits Auburn. Um, this has been one of the toughest kids to read the entire recruitment process, I would personally say. you know, Dating back to his commitment on, I want to say he committed on July 4th or July 5th, there were zero crystal ball predictions for him because you know there was a sense that Florida State might be the leader, but people weren't really sure if it was Auburn or Clemson or Florida State kind of who was there, and you know, now he ends up taking one last visit to Auburn. Personally, for me, I would lean Florida State because that's where he's been committed to. Um, but this is a kid from Highland Home, Alabama. Good chance to stay closer to home at Auburn. Big need along the defensive line. I really don't know. I would probably go closer to 60-40 Florida State on this one. But you, you just don't know how the visit went today. He declined interviews. Um, you know, We asked him, would you like to? And he said, no, like, and that's perfectly okay. That's expected around this time with kind of those guys. And so we don't know necessarily how the visit went from his end. We haven't really heard from Auburn's end yet, but just getting him on campus was big. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I've I, I just kind of always thought that he was going to wind up at Auburn. I've just kind of felt that way really from the, the first time I talked to him, I guess the summer before his junior year maybe, and then going to watch him play a couple of times over the past couple of years. I just kind of always felt like he was going to wind up at Auburn. May not, but that's kind of the way I've always felt. And, you know, giving Auburn one last look, again, here's the thing Auburn fans can can say. James Smith, Quay Russell, Tony Mitchell, uh, Keldrick Falk, those kids gave Auburn every opportunity. And 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 so Auburn's had an opportunity to, to get those guys. I've just kind of always felt like it was going to be Auburn in the end. You know, I guess we'll find out come Wednesday. <laughs> Dukes, do you have any take here? He's extremely tough to read. Yeah, um, I do know every time he's enjoyed himself in the previous visits, uh, he's made that known. Um, I think Auburn is somewhere where if he had the vibe that he had that, you know, that I've been seeing lately from commits earlier on, I think it, it would have been a, a layup, actually. But um, that's my opinion. Uh Right now, I think Florida State just had too big, of, too much of a lead. And, you know, in the transfer portal world, sometimes you want to make a good impression because if you don't see them this year, you'll see them again next year. So I think, to Jason's point, I think eventually, I think unless he goes out next year and goes crazy at uh, Florida State, if you don't get him this year, he's one of the guys that I would keep my eye on as far as maybe you'll get him next year. All right, last one we'll cover. Uh, Auburn, after its uh, commitments today, has 15 high school commits. It stands at number 30 in the 24-7 sports uh, composite team rankings. It's been a long day. But stand at number 30, where do you guys think they end up ranking? Uh, it, we'll do this after just after the December period, and you can give a range as well. Dukes, I'll let you bat lead off here. <laughs> uh, I'll go between uh, 25 and 18. Okay. Uh, I, I can see Auburn ending up between – because if you go look, so currently Arkansas is like 17, and there's not a whole lot of four stars. I think they may have four or five four stars total. Uh, the rest is it's a lot of a, a lot of solid three stars, but volume had a lot to do with it. And I think Auburn has to sign so many people due to sheer volume. That uh, plus you got they've got some quality mixed in too. So yeah, I think they can easily become you know between 25 and 18. Yeah, I mean, I th- I've been I've been thinking they could probably get to to the teens, and I think they could get to the teens somewhere. Especially if you pull off a couple of shockers, you, you pull off a couple of these shockers, and all of a sudden you're not too far away from from being in the 16, 17, 18 range. And 
if they could get there from where they were um, just just a month and a half ago, it'd be pretty remarkable. Uh, but yeah, you're looking. I mean, Auburn right now. You're right. Auburn is 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 kind of you know holding steady and doing doing a pretty good job of things in terms of you know kind of getting it rolling because you know with 15 commitments, you know an average star star ranking of like 88.8. Mm-hmm. You know, you start looking at it and, you know, above them, you know, you're talking about, you know, even teams that are ranked uh, 16, like TCU has 23 commitments, but has a lower star rating than Auburn does even at, at 16. And so um, I think you could potentially get into the teens with this, especially if you start to, uh, you pull off a couple of these guys that we're talking about the potentials of, you know, whether it's James Smith or Quay Russo or Tony Mitchell or Keldrick Falk or, you start grabbing a couple of those guys and it impacts the class greatly because of the, the top heavy ranking. So um, we'll see again. Uh, I can't, can't wait to Wednesday. This has been unlike any December that, that we've ever seen in, in recruiting with all the portal and everything. So who knows, maybe we're set for uh you know, crazy. Hey, we've already seen a bunch of flipness already. Maybe we're set for a really big one here close to Christmas on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I'll give my take real quick. Uh, Auburn at 30 has 208.26 points. The number 15 team in the rankings is Texas A&M at 236. Number 14 is USC at 264. I don't think you're getting up to 264. So realistically, your peak is probably about 15. I'm going to say Auburn lands in the 17 to 21 range. Um, I'm going to say it's kind of you know, somewhere in there. Um, and We'll see kind of how it ends up shaking out. Um, that's not accounting for transfers, and I think Auburn will be one of the biggest winners in the transfer portal, at least to start off. They already are with Rivaldo Fairweather. Um, so, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. We went pretty long today, 50-minute show. Uh, there was a lot to talk about. We'll have a lot more to talk about. Like I said, uh, some combination of us will probably try and hop on again Tuesday, probably early evening, because we're going to try and get to bed, um, and we'll be rolling. Wednesday morning, probably pretty early, around probably like 5, 6 a.m. So we'll be rolling all day Wednesday. Um, We'll have a live show again, probably Wednesday night. We're going to try and get some guests on as well. We're working on that. Uh, If you guys missed any of the coverage that we had today, we had stories on pretty much everybody that we talked about. Either we had a story yesterday or we had it today. Um, And over at AuburnUndercover.com. So we had a ton of stuff there. We've got a ton of stuff coming up. It's a really... it's an exciting time in terms of Auburn recruiting transfer portal, all that stuff. Um, So we're going to wrap it up there and hopefully catch you guys soon. Thanks for listening. imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting this friday get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined showtime ryan reynolds john krasinski kaylee fleming fiona shaw phoebe waller bridge lewis gossett jr matt damon emily blunt george clooney maya rudolph bradley cooper sebastian maniscalco john stewart sam rockwell aquafina keegan michael key and steve carell i need to throw up or i need a snack it's one of the two gross if ready pg parental guidance suggested written and directed by john krasinski